Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, O-Nation? It's your guy, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers YouTube channel, where we talk FSU all day, every day. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. Hopefully, you had a great Christmas and enjoyed some time with the family. Um, hopefully, you're looking forward to closing out 2023 strong and bringing in 2024. Um, hopefully, you guys can tell a difference in the video quality. I did get a new camera. You can see your boy in 4K, hopefully. And um, yeah, so really excited about that. Going to try to get some decorations up, um, which I showed you guys in the last video. So slowly but surely, you know, we're getting this thing looking more professionally done. Um, but of course, the content is always going to be top notch until we get there. In this particular video, we're going to talk about um, the Orange Bowl with FSU's matchup against Georgia. Um, looking forward to, to seeing how that game plays out. You know, if you're an FSU fan, you've never... Um, came to the channel, um, make sure you subscribe, um, turn those notifications on so that you can see uh, whenever we release new content, which is fairly frequently. Um, those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, appreciate the likes on each video and um, the sharing of everything on social media. It's much appreciated. This channel is growing way quicker than I thought it would. And um, it's exciting to to build something new in a, in a, in a market that's uh, got a lot of others doing content as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's talk about the uh, Orange Bowl. So it's going to be uh, a lot different than what this game would have looked like if they had played, you know, in the playoffs or if, uh, you know, they had played during the regular season and all that good stuff. This is a game that where I normally would do you know, some film film breakdowns and, and things like that. Um, that's not going to be the case on this one, just because you have so many unknowns going into the, into this particular game. You have, uh, you know, guys that are, you know, that are not going to be playing on both sides. Uh, I think, you know, there'll probably be some, some guys that, you know, people think are going to play that may not play or they may not play as much as we think they're going to play. I don't know. It's just a lot of unknowns going into this game. Um, the biggest difference in this game are, are two things. You have the quarterback position. Obviously, FSU is going to have Brock Glenn, freshman, true freshman at that, and um, a freshman that missed quite a bit of the regular season with an injury, suffered in the second game of the year, You know, did make his first start of the season against Louisville. And we, you know, we saw how that went. It went like you would expect if you understand how how long it takes a, a freshman quarterback to progress. Not to mention Louisville's got a pretty aggressive defense. And then you have Georgia, who has their you know, starting quarterback plan, Carson Beck, who's announced he'll be back for 2024. He's going to play in this game. So that is going to be a you know a major difference in the game for Georgia compared to what FSU will have. And then the other thing is. Uh, even though Georgia is going to have some opt-outs as well, like Brock Bowers is not going to play, Amaris Mims is not going to play, and probably some other guys that have contributed this year will not play. Uh, Georgia will have um, – they have better depth overall. You know, they've been recruiting at a higher level. Um, when you're talking about a combo of high school recruiting and the, the portal, they've been recruiting at a higher level uh, than FSU. Um, I mean, obviously, they're back-to-back, -back, you know, defending national champions. So, obviously, they've, you know, one of the better rosters in college football, if not the best. Um, if you were looking at this game with FSU starters, and I'm talking about, you know, Jared Verse, 
Trey Benson, Jordan Travis, and all that, it would be a it would be a competitive game for sure. A game that FSU would have a shot to win. They would still be underdogs. Um, you know, the, the difference in the, in that particular game, if they had played, you know, at both teams at full strength, the, the difference is going to be, you know, whenever you sub at different positions, you know, FSU's deep at um, running back, you know, they were deep at wide receiver, they were deep at tight end, um, deep in um, the secondary and parts of the, other than safety. Uh, you know, FSU is going to have a lot of a lot of production missing in this particular game. So, you know, when you're missing the likes of Jared Verse, Trey Benson, Akeem Den on defense, uh, Renardo Green on defense, um, and you know, you're not going to have Fabian Lovett. Although Daryl Jackson will kind of offset Fabian's uh, production, so to speak. You know, whenever you start taking out whatever starters you do have, uh, particularly say Patrick Payton and Byron Turner at defensive end, whenever you bring subs in there, right, um, you're going to have a significant drop-off. You're probably going to have a significant drop-off at a linebacker if Kalen Deloach and uh, Tatum Bethune play limited snaps. And they may play, you know, like a regular game. Who, who knows? Um, but, you know, whenever you start taking those guys out, you're going to have, you know, a drop-off. And the good thing is when you look at the depth chart, FSU's – not going to have a, as big of a drop off on defense as they did as they will on offense. So you know the defense has been the most consistent um, unit on the team all year. And so and again you got Daryl Jackson you know that's going to be playing for the first time, which is you know a significant piece. And there are some things they can do potentially to try to cover up some some guys you know been held, uh, missing the game. You know I think one thing they could do is potentially move Braden Fisk out to edge um, instead of playing in the defensive tackle. Um, you know, he's played, uh, he's played defensive tackle and he's played off, off the edge when he was in Western Michigan with some success. Um, you know, that can kind of offset, um, you know, Jared Verse, you know, you know, not playing in the game. And if you have Joshua Farmer and Daryl Jackson there in the middle, you know, that's a formidable duo there. Um, at safety, you know, you're not going to have Akeem Dent. And, and probably the crazy thing is whenever Akeem Dent was not playing this year, that's when the FSU defense gave up the most points, um, the most yards that they did all year. When he came back, you saw that hole close up. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he's not going to play in this game. I would love, I think you're probably going to see a comrade Hussey get a lot of snaps. I would rather him be out there and any of the other freshmen uh, if they're eligible, uh, ready to play, um, KJ Kirkland, um, you know, those two opposed to um, number three, not to talk badly about a player, but that's just you got to play for the future, in my opinion, see what you got. Um, if they can play somewhat, if if that safety position can hold up, if the linebackers of the Loach and Bethune play, and you, like I said, if you maybe move Fisk out on to the end, I think you can you can hang with Georgia. Georgia's offense was efficient. They weren't, you know, I mean, it wasn't. They don't have like any crazy crazy players. They kind of work really well as a unit together, so to speak. They're still ahead of the change, change. Excuse me, chains. 
and they don't, you know, give up a lot of tackles for loss and, you know, and things like that. Um, they will turn the ball over, turn the ball over like 14 times this year, um, which is something FSU offense didn't do a lot of, which is really helpful. When you only turn the ball over like five times all year, that's a huge positive for your offense. Um, let's talk about FSU offense. Obviously, you're going to have Brock Glenn there. Um, you know, we saw the game move really fast for him against Louisville. It's just a lack of experience. The more experience he gains, you know, the better he'll be. You know, him getting reps to practice, you know, in over the last three or four four weeks should be helpful. Him having that experience against Louisville should be helpful. You know, how much of a jump can he make between that game and this game? Honestly, probably minimal. I mean, if I'm Mike, Mike Novell, I'm probably running this ball a lot in this game. Um, try to shorten the game whenever you have a team that's less talented. That's the that's one way to try to equalize things, limit the snaps that the other team gets. Um, whether it's Wildcat like we saw against Louisville, um, whether it's using the screen game. I mean, you're missing all your playmakers, uh, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell. Um, and that's a that's a, that's a lot of firepower. Trey Benson, uh, Lawrence Toyfield is not going to play in this game because he's has been or had a procedure done to prepare for next year when he comes back. Um, you're going to have a lot of ta- a lot of young talent out there. Uh, you know, Hakeem Williams, um, Destin Hill. You're going to have some veterans out there. Kentron, Portier, uh, Jack, uh, Kai Douglas going to be out there. You'll have Deuce Man out there. Um, you know, but if you if you run the ball, you try to run the ball, keep the cock going, maybe, you know, just if you can get three yards here, four yards there, you know, convert a few first downs, keep Georgia's uh, offense off the field, avoid turning the ball over. That's going to be a big one. Um, avoid turning the ball over. If you can do that, I think you can stay in this game. The first quarter, first first quarter and a half is going to be really important in this game. If FSU can come out there and have some success, whether it's getting stops on defense, um, you know, getting a couple first downs on offense, I think that could go a long way into, um, you know, kind of uh, avoiding uh, a big haymaker early. You know, I mean, if they if Georgia gets the ball first and goes right down the field and scores a touchdown, and then the offense goes three and out or something crazy like with the, the Florida game and you go three and out and then you punt the ball and you give the ball to Georgia at like midfield. And then they go down to score another touchdown, 14, nothing before you blink. I mean, it's probably going to get ugly at that point, to be honest with you. But if you can kind of you know, find some success on either side of the ball, you know, early or just avoid anything catastrophic. I mean, if you can get, if you can get out of the first quarter, like down seven nothing, you know, or maybe even ten nothing. Um, you know, you probably feel pretty good about about where you are. You can kind of see where they're doing, make some adjustments, hopefully, make a couple plays, you know, maybe, maybe they turn the ball over, give you a short field or, or something like that, or maybe get a big special teams um kickoff return by Deuce Ben. You know, we've seen that a couple times this year. Um, I like him, I like Deuce Ben and, and Hiking Williams on kickoff return. Uh, duty actually, um, I'm, I'm interested to see if they're able to get a couple of returns. But um, but the biggest thing is you you know you're you're going to need to avoid the turnovers on offense, and you're going to need to you know shorten the game, find some success in the run game. Offensive line, you're going to have some guys that are you know I guess somewhat in better health than they were a couple of weeks ago. 
which should be helpful. Um, you know, so it's just Mike Novell is really good at, at, you know, this offensive coaching staff is really good at scheming things open, finding weaknesses. You know, this is up to the players to execute it. Now, we saw that we saw him do ex, um, you know, scheme some things up against Louisville and either it was an air pass or, you know, they had a couple of drops in the game. You know, Keon Coleman had a couple of drops in that game. Um, you know, Brock Glenn threw a couple of passes in the dirt, you know. Um, so there's opportunities in this game is what I'm trying to say is but the is what I said in the in the beginning of the year. Whenever you play in teams like this, even even teams that are, you know, obviously FSU is not a full strength strength and Georgia's not gonna be a full strength. Even if they were both at full strength, it comes down to the margin of errors, right? Obviously, if, if FSU was had all the players, they would have a, a slightly, you know slightly more room for error you know they could turn the ball over maybe one time and you know probably be okay this is a game you can't afford to turn it over at all you can't give georgia anything extra in this particular game you got to make them earn everything and um you know there's some talent out there it's just young and inexperienced you know it could be one of those things where you know they're so young and inexperienced they don't really realize you know realize that you know i remember you know sometimes when i was a young player in college and you know i remember we were playing the number two team in the country which was kennesaw state out of um georgia at the time and um i remember some upperclassmen saying oh you know these guys are really good and da, 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 you know and i was just like you know just a young <laughs> had just turned 18 years old like yeah whatever and i go out there and it's you know you play well um but then there's other times where you play teams and it's like, ooh, you look like a freshman out there. Um, so it's just all in just their attitude and, you know, how they, how they've been preparing this week. And if they've been preparing well, they've all been getting a lot of quality reps at practice. Um, you know, that's um, that's going to be good. It's going to be, you know, again, it's going to be up to the execution. Can the offensive line um, give Brock time to do things? Now, I will say this. Georgia's defense is really good but over over the the course of the season they did not they're not a team that just kills you as far as a ton of tackles for a loss um like louisville had way more tackles for a loss than georgia miami has way more tackles for a loss uh than than um than georgia georgia traditionally has, has run a more of a three four you probably saw that whenever i talked about um why i thought Marvin Jr. Jr. would be more effective in FSU's defensive scheme than what he's done the last two years at Georgia. They run at three four, so it's you know it's a different way to attack. Um, so they don't they they don't do a they're not great at getting you behind the chains. So that's why I'm thinking if FSU can run the ball, and have some success. Um, you know that'll be that'll be really key into making this a ball game. If they can't run the ball at all. I mean, it's it's pretty much going to be a wrap and probably a wrap early because if you can't sustain anything offensively, basically your defense, which is depleted, not as depleted as the offense, but it's depleted. If they're out there, you know, if they're out there like they were against Louisville a lot, you know, it's uh, eventually, man, you don't have the depth. You're not able to rotate like you were during the year. Um, those guys are going to get worn down and, um, you know, it'll probably get ugly late which, you know, you don't want to look for more victories in a game like this 
but at the same time, you you are really depleted. And um, you know, I know I know some of the the, the national people are talking about you know oh. You know, FSU should have had all their players play in this game, you know, to make a statement and all that. And, you know, I've been on record. Look, those guys opted out. They did the right thing by opting out. Um, the committee basically told them the first 13 games didn't mean a thing. There's no sense of going out there risking your future, a million dollars potentially, to play in a game where if you want it, you're still not going to be given credit for it. You know, it's going to be, oh, well, Georgia wasn't motivated to be there or Georgia had guys sitting out to – I mean, you're not going to win that battle. You don't have you don't have the the resources to win that narrative nationally because, you know, unfortunately, you know, ESPN is the mouthpiece mouth excuse me mouthpiece for the SEC. As a matter of fact, um, I was looking at the Miami and Rutgers game. <laughs> Miami is trash. I mean, Mario Cristobal has the ball with two timeouts. Less than a minute ago, past midfield and does not use a single timeout. They throw to the sidelines twice. Listen, keep him in Miami. He is terrible. He is terrible. Um, But anyway, in that game, uh, one of the announcers brought up FSU for whatever reason out of the blue and was talking about, oh, you know, FSU has a lot of guys that are opting out. Georgia's not going to have a lot of guys opting out, which isn't true. And he's talking about FSU fans are saying that if they win this game, they're going to claim a national championship. Bruh, I haven't seen a single FSU fan online anywhere say that. I mean, it's crazy how these 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 announcers are like trying to create these narratives. For whatever reason, I tweeted this earlier today. Um, I don't know why national media are so. I don't know. They like this. They just keep FSU's name in their mouth, whether it's. Um, you know, about the bowl game or or just uh, during the season. Oh, you know, they almost lost to Boston College. Oh, you know, well, they they barely beat Clemson at Death Valley. You know, they it's almost like they never want to give credit to FSU's team. And it's a it's a huge double standard um, with all these other teams, whether they're in the SEC, whether they're in the Big Ten or even even the Pac-12. I mean, look at Washington. Washington could have lost four games easily. I mean, to trash teams. I'm talking about, you know, Stanford and all these other teams. But and you don't hear anything about it. But when it comes to FSU, they're they're all about trying to you know, create some narratives or, or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm sick and tired of it. Um, so, again, back to the game. You know, you're going to have to play air free football. Um, you're going to have to have some guys play well. You're probably going to have to have Georgia to help you out. But at the same time, you know. People are saying Georgia's taking this game seriously, but I mean, listen, when you've won back-to-back national titles, you got starters sitting out. I mean, how motivated are you to play in that game? I mean, if you you're you're nineteen point betting favorites, so you're supposed to win the game. I mean, is Georgia really going to be jacked up to go out there and play this game? You know, that's something to think about. I mean, because it's easy for complacency to sit in uh, whenever you won back-to-back national titles. Um, I mean, and you've got quite a few of those young guys that have, you know, entered the transfer portal, plan to enter the transfer portal. So how hard are they, have they been going in practice? Um, And I would like to think, you know, FSU's culture is pretty strong. I mean, you know, of course they've had some, 
a couple things pop up here and there since the snub. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, um, it, it seems like those guys or the guys that are going to play are, you know, are going to be ready to play. And, you know, one of the things I always remember whenever Mike Novell was hired is when you went back and you, you heard from Memphis people, they always said, hey, look, you might be outgunned in games, you know, or, you know, you might have you might have turnovers that, you know, make games lopsided, lopsided or whatever. But more times than not, Mike Novell teams are going to come and going to be prepared to play. And I mean, since he's been hired, I mean, obviously the first couple of years, you had a lot of factors that were kind of out of his control that affected things. Uh, you know, when we're talking about missing spring and summer and fall practices and all that in year one and all that good stuff and uh, the, the culture at the time. But once you got past the 0 and 4 start, um, this team has has really played hard and has really um, come ready to play. I mean, when you think about it, uh, FSU has not lost a game by more than – they've lost one game by more than 10 points in the last three years. And that game was against NC State when Jordan Travis didn't play, had the flu, and half the other half the rest of the team had the flu. They lost 28-14 and was in that game in the third and fourth quarter. You know, a couple of missed tackles here and there, you know, the game changes. Um, but, you know, they take Notre Dame to overtime in 2021. You know, they lose by which really should have been three against Clemson in, um, you know, 2021. Um, lost by 10 against Wake Forest in 2022. Other than that, they've been in every game that they've lost has been, you know, 10 points or less. Um they are 19-point underdogs in this game, um, but I'll, I wouldn't be surprised if they covered this game. Um, I don't think they're going to win. I'm not that much of a homer. Um, if they do, I mean, good gosh. <laughs> hey, man, listen, the, the future – I mean, it's good, the future is bright anyway, but if they somehow win this game, I mean, oh, my goodness, that would be massive. Um, just from a – again, it's not going to change anything from a narrative national narrative and as far as you know hey you know they should be national champions and anything like that but i mean as far as you know a fan base has been able to talk smack the whole offseason especially compared to florida miami oh oh you know we would we would be talking a great deal of smack also it probably would help quite a bit when you're looking at guys um who are entering the portal or who will enter the portal um so from so from that standpoint you know playing well in this game um, or winning this game would be um, big in that respect. Because, listen, um, FSU is still on the market for a quarterback. Um, the, the the guy that Miami's looking at, there's no way he looked at that Miami team against Rutgers and was like, yeah, I'm dying to go play for that that coach down there. I mean, if he does, it, it, it is strictly a money grab. Um I mean, gosh, they 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 got ran through by Rutgers. So uh, at least you know, I mean, I, like I, I'm not into more victories, but you're playing. I mean, Rutgers was a six and six team, and they were two and a half point betting favorites against Miami. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you're you're at least playing arguably one of the top four teams in the country, even though they're depleted. They're still a crazy talented roster, and they and they're playing their starting quarterback. So. Um, you know, I'm not going to give a prediction this game. I'm as far as score because you just it's just way too many variables to 
even remotely get close. I mean, you just have no idea. I mean, they could get blown out, you know, because you turn the ball over two or three times. You know, they could slow the game down, keep it relatively close. Georgia could turn the ball over. You know, I think FSU is going to keep it close, at least at least in the first half or so. If they, if they do that, who knows how to shake out? I think they're going to come play, come hard, you know, come ready to play hard and be prepared. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these young guys play, see if we can see any progression with Brock Glenn. Uh, little things like this, like Brock Glenn was playing against Louisville, and it's uh, he gets scrambles out of the pocket, and he's out of the pocket. And instead of throwing the ball out of bounds and not losing any yards, he just runs out of bounds and loses like five yards. I mean, and it's like first down. So instead of going to second and 10, it's second and 14, second and 15. I mean, just small mental um, things like that, you know, throwing the ball away instead of taking a sack, um, you know, just small incremental things, um, knowing where to go with the ball, not looking like a deer in headlights, you know, we can see some progression like that. And, you know, that'd be really good. I'm also look, looking forward to seeing these young receivers. I'm looking to see, um, you know, what we have there, I'm looking to see what we have uh, in the secondary on defense. We can see what Daryl Jackson, um, what he brings to the table. So there's, listen, don't go into this game stressing, you know, worried about if you're going to get blown out or whatever. This guy's going to come, you know, they're going to come and play hard. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to in this game just because you have a lot of the future um, that, you know, the guys are going to be representing you in the future with significant production are going to be playing in this game. So you're looking for things like that, um, that, that we can build on going into spring and, um, you know, and, and things of that respect. So again, I think they're going to play hard, um, you know, looking forward to the game. Um, yeah. So, um, I think that's about all I have on it. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of rambling now, but, um, I appreciate you guys supporting the channel again. Um, let me know if you if you can tell a difference with the camera. Um, again, uh, hopefully um, I don't go back to work until next week, so hopefully I can um, get some things situated here and get a few decorations up so that you guys can see FSU kind of on the wall. Or I should say on this side um, there, and and um, and you know make it more aesthetically pleasing instead of just looking at me talk all the time. Um, but let me know what your where your predictions are in the comment section. I'm interested to see what you think about this game. Also, maybe what you're looking forward to the most, any particular players you're interested in. Um, make sure you check out Chop Chat. We've got a lot of great content about this game already posted as far as you know, guys look out for, things to look out for. Um, and, um, yeah, so, um, again, appreciate you guys and um, look forward to talking to you after the game. Until then, go Noles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.